not ready for this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Skylar. Um, I'm going to give a quick introduction. Um, I'm graduating this year. Um, I'm going to cosmetology school. I'm a girly girl. Um, I've been going to Redemption Chapel for as long as Redemption Chapel has been a church. Um, my birthday's tomorrow, so I expect... <laughs> Yeah, I expect all of you to celebrate. Um, I'm just kidding. All right, so tonight I'm going to be going over Judges chapter 4. Um, a lot happens in this chapter. There is a lot to unpack. Um, sorry, I'm getting a little spaced out. Um, yeah, it's, there's a lot. It's very interesting. A lot happens. Um, so to help you guys understand kind of like what goes on, I'm going to explain like what happens. I'm going to tell you the story, and then I'm going to explain. So, as we talked about a little bit last week, um, there's like this cycle that we see happening um, a lot um, throughout the whole book of Judges, um, where the Israel serves the Lord, everything is great and happy, and then they fall into sin and idolatry, bad, um, and then Israel is enslaved sucks. And then Israel cries out to the Lord, and God raises up a judge, and Israel is delivered. So the cycle begins again, and this time God sold, um, sold them into the hands of Jabin, and he was a king of Canaan. Um, the commander of Jabin's army was Sisera, and Sisera had a huge army with a bunch of metal chariots and scary stuff. Um, and Sisera cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, so that's awful. Um, so the Israelites had about enough of this, and they cried out to the Lord for help, and God called upon a woman named Deborah. We love Deborah. We, <laughs> yeah! Um, so Deborah called upon this guy named Barak. We'll talk more about him later. Um, and she told him to gather 10,000 men and bring, him, bring the men to Mount Tabor. I don't really know how to pronounce it. Um, and her plan was to lure Sisera and his troops to the river at the base of the mountain to be ambushed by the Israelites. Um, great plan. I love you, Deborah. Um, <laughs> so Sisera fell for the trap, and the Israelites destroyed Sisera's army. But Sisera quickly found out that it was a losing battle. So he abandoned his men, and he fled. What a coward. We don't like him. Um, so while he was running away, um, he came across a tent of a woman named Jael. I love her, too. <laughs> These women are great. Um, and he came across the tent of Jael, and he sought refuge there. So Jael welcomed him in and made him feel all safe and cozy. And then when Sisera fell asleep... Jail jumped on the opportunity, and she grabbed a tent peg and a hammer right through his head and killed him. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> so now that Sisera's dead, um, the Israelites conquered Jabin, and there was peace for 40 years. Whoop, whoop. Um, so yeah, that's basically what happened. So now I'm going to break it down a little bit. Um, I'm going to talk more about Deborah and Jail. Um, these amazing women. Um, I want to highlight them. Deborah started God's whole plan. 
and Jael was the one who finished it. And they were both had great faith and just they're good role models. So let's start with Deborah. Um, Deborah was called by God to be a prophetess, um, and she was already a judge before all of this happened, um, and she was leading Israel at the time. Um, and this shows that she was really respected and that her opinions mattered to the Israelites, and she was trusted and she was listened to, and that was a big deal for a woman at the time because women weren't really held in high regard. So the fact that she was like a leader and they all looked up to her was just a huge thing. Um, she had great faith in the Lord, and she had no idea the impact that her faith would make on people for years and years to come. Um, I've definitely learned a lot from Deborah. So, Israel remained incapable of united action until Deborah summoned them to the Lord's battle. Because the warriors of Israel lacked the courage to rise up and face the enemy, um, the glory went to a woman instead of a warrior. Um, so, I'm going to read Judges verses 6 through 10. So, she sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinam and Kadesh, if I say any of this wrong, I'm sorry, Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you, Go, gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun, and I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the river Kishon, with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hands. Brock said to her, if you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are on, the road on which you were going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called out Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. And 10,000 men went up on his heels and Deborah went up with him. Sorry, that was a lot of reading. Reading is hard. Um, so Barak was the person that you would think God would choose to lead Israel. He was a strong man with a strong army, but Barak's reluctance was due to his lack of trust in the Lord. And because of that, God was like, yeah, no thanks. Um, Barak's conditional reply of, if you don't go with me, I won't go, is not the kind of response you give to God's command. Um, maybe he just wanted um, to be assured of the Lord's presence on the battlefield, um, represented by God's prophet, Deborah. Um, so Deborah agreed to go with him, but said that Barak's conditional reply to God's command was the reason for God not giving the honor of the victory to Barak. God gave him a command, but he wasn't willing to follow through. So now I'm going to read verses 12 through 16. Okay. When Sisera was told that Barak, the son of Abinam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera called out his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the men who were with him, from Harishath Hagim to the river Kishon. And Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. Does not then the Lord go out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him, and the Lord routed Sisera and all of his chariots and his army before Barak by the edge of the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled away on foot. And Barak pursued the chariots and army to Harasheth Hagim, and 
all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. That's pretty brutal. So with the Israelites safely encamped on the slopes of Mount Tabor, um, the Lord planned to lure Sisera into the trap. Um, and for the battle site, Sisera cleverly chose the valley of Jezreel, which was along the Kishon River at the base of Mount Tabor, where his chariot forces would have ample maneuvering space to range the battlefield. So really, this kind of set him up for success. And it was like, ah, oh, yeah, like I'm going to, they don't stand a chance against my big old chariots or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that was his undoing because Sisera did not know the power of the Lord. The Lord fought from heaven for Israel by sending a storm to flood the land. And even in modern times, floods have rendered the land along the Kishon River virtually impassable. Super muddy, just not good for iron chariots. Just, yeah. So now he was at a huge disadvantage, and the Israelites were able to completely destroy his entire army. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so God called Deborah to deliver the Israelites, and she listened, and she had faith that he would follow through. She was willing to do what God asked, and she did so humbly, giving the glory to the Lord. But the fact that Deborah was a woman and a civilian with no, no military expertise shows that God can use anyone to do his will. God's glory reflects through the people who are seen as weak. In weakness, God is magnified. Instead of using Barak, a person whom the Israelites might have praised for, his, for Barak's success, he used Deborah. She was both a leader of Israel and a humble servant who pointed her success to God's power. God picks the unlikely to illustrate his greatness through human weakness. Now we get to talk about jail. This is where things get very juicy. <laughs> so, jail was the wife of Herbert the Canite, who had friendly relations with the king Jabin. Um, she wasn't even an Israelite, and she, but she was decisive and she was courageous, and she seized the opportunity to kill an enemy of God's people. I love her so much. Okay, now let's read verses 17 through 24. But Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of jail, the wife of Herbert the Canite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the house of Herbert the Canite. And Jael came out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, and do not be afraid. So he turned aside to her in the tent, and she covered him with a rug. And he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, stand at the opening of the tent, and if any man comes and asks you, if anyone here, say no. But Jill, the wife of Herber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand. Then she went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down to the ground while he was laying fast asleep from weariness. So he died. And behold, as Barak was pursuing Sisera, Jill went out to meet him and said, come, I will show you the man whom you are seeking. So he went to her tent, and there lies Sisera, dead, with a tent peg in his temple. So, 
On that day, God subdued Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the people of Israel. And the hand of the people of Israel pressed harder and harder against Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. So, there were many, many things that Jael did to be able to do that. I mean, that's a pretty big thing, you know? So, Near Eastern custom at the time prohibited any man other than a woman's husband or father from entering a woman's tent. So jail seemed to offer Sisera an ideal hiding place. So that was one. Um, she used her husband's alliance to make him feel like he wasn't in any danger. Um, she comforted him by saying, come my lord, come right in, do not be afraid. And he asked her for water and she gave him fermented goat's milk, which sounds absolutely disgusting. But <laughs> at the time, that was like a delicacy and they saved that only for the most important guests. So by giving him this <laughs> gross skin of goat's milk, um, she made him feel very special. And I mean, why would someone who gave me goat's milk want to kill me, you know? I don't know. Um, and she told him she would keep watch over the tent, and she wouldn't let any bad guys in. Little did he know the person he had to worry about was already in the tent, but whatever. Um, and most importantly, in my opinion, she was just a woman, so Cicero probably assumed she wasn't even capable of causing him harm, which was a big fat mistake. Silly goose. Um, <laughs> so Cicero fell asleep, and Jael jumped on the opportunity. Now, women at the time were in charge of pitching tents. So she knew what she was doing. She's done this before. I mean, not killed a man, but you know, um, pitched a tent. Um, and so she drove the peg through his temple and she killed him. So when Barak came looking for Sisera, Jail went out and was like, look what I did. And she showed him his body. Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> so now that Cicero was dead, God subdued the king and controlled the outcome, making it possible for the Israelites to overthrow the king and have peace for 40 years. So God is always in control. Always. He has a plan, and he will stick to it. His will will be done, and he keeps his promises. It was probably terrifying for the Israelites to go up against the king, but God knew what he was doing, and they just had to trust that, the Lord, that it would all work out in the end. And it did. So, Jael was someone Sisera did not expect to be capable of such violence. But he wasn't even an Israelite, and yet she had the courage to kill an enemy of God's people. She used the skills and the tools that God gave her, and she followed through. No one expected her to be the one to end Sisera. This is another example of how God chooses people least expected to do, his, to do his will. He looks at us equally, and he chooses the people who are open and are willing. It doesn't matter if you don't have an important position in your job or at school, God can give you the strength to do some great things for his kingdom. If you are willing, regardless of your status, God can give you the strength to fulfill his plans. So take me for an example. 
I am just a 16-year-old. I'm almost 17. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really cannot help myself. Let me start over. So take me for an example. I'm just a 16-year-old girl with no seminary experience. I've never done this before. I have a huge fear of public speaking. Um, I also have Lyme disease. My brain just like, I, well, a big symptom of that is brain fog and I get scatterbrained and I forget things. So stuff like this is just far out of my comfort zone. And I'm really just not, I'm really not the best person for this job, honestly. I'm really not. Um, but when Alex asked who would be willing to give this sermon, I really felt like God was nudging me to do this. So I accepted my fate, and here I am. Um, so maybe you are in a position in life where you feel like God will never use you for anything. Maybe you feel like you're super insignificant in your position in school or work, and maybe you feel useless, and because of that, you aren't even open to the idea of doing what God asks of you. Maybe you are ashamed of something, and you think that God would rather look the other way than choose someone like you to bring him glory. None of that matters to God. He died on that cross for a reason. <laughs> um, God wants great things for your life, and he'll give you the tools to fulfill his plan. If he's calling you to do that, um, you just have to be open. You have to be willing to let him use you and let him work through you. I mean, he used, he used Deborah and he used Jail, and they were both people who, you know, they probably, I mean, I don't know, Deborah probably didn't know how to lead an army, and Jail didn't know how to kill a man, but she didn't know how to pitch a tent, so, um, so yeah, God wants great things for your life, he really does, and if you have faith in him, and you trust his plan, and if you are open and willing, God will give you the strength and the tools that you need to bring glory to his kingdom, and that is an incredible thing. So, I think I have some questions for you guys, so I think I might just let you guys discuss amongst yourselves. So, yay! <laughs> okay, I'm gonna invite the band back up. All right, so, I hope you guys learned something from that. <laughs> um, but yeah, just remember that like, if you just stay open and willing, and if God calls you to do something, you just have to be open. And he can use you to do some pretty great things. So yeah, um, I'm going to pray. So by hands on prayer only. I think they're somewhat ready. All right. Dear God.